1: All right, let's do it. Welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this Monday, November 27, 2023. All right, Halloween's already in the rearview mirror. Thanksgiving's already in the rearview mirror. It's Christmas season. It is amazing how quickly this year is flying by, how Woo. fast this football season has gone by in a in a snap of the fingers. We talk about it every year. You wait through the winter, you wait through the spring. You wait through the summer, and then literally when when football gets here, you remember the first game of the season just as well as you remember the last game. In this case, for Alabama, the regular season is over. It's SEC championship game time in Atlanta, and the Crimson Tide wins the Iron Bowl and wins it at Jordan-Hare, which uh, according to a lot of people this past week, it's uh, Nick Saban's kryptonite. It's they can't win there. Listen, man— Alabama, under Nick Saban, is 5-4 and four at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And that might not be, you know, a huge advantage, but it is an advantage. And then you add in their 7-1 at Bryant-Denny. And, you know, it is what it is, but Alabama has won two Iron Bows in a row. Saban has a winning record there. And, uh, yes, the game this past Saturday was a instant classic. <clears throat> and if you're an Alabama fan... You look at that game and say, how in the world was Auburn even in a position to win it? You're a better team. You're more talented. You you came out of the game, you know, three and out and went down and just drove it right down for a touchdown. Get the ball back, score another touchdown. It's called back because of a hook on uh Dupree, the tight end, hooking a player on the inside. And very rarely do you see that called. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't know the last time I've seen it called, but they called it. And, um, you know, from there, Auburn got back in the game. And, and if you're Auburn, you're saying, um, you're, if you're Alabama, you're saying, how did it come down to that? We should have had a ball, ball game under control. And if you're Auburn, <clears throat> you're saying, what in the world? I mean, we won the game. We won the game. Not not we could have won. We should have won. We might have won. You're saying we won. There's no way, there's no way in football that you convert a fourth and goal from your 31 yard line until you do, and Alabama did. Again, let me let me say that one more time. And I have not gone up and looked in the record books. No, I can't imagine that there's ever been a longer fourth and goal. Now, I, there's probably been longer fourth downs. Okay, in fact, it was you know Hugh Freeze when he was at Ole Miss that had Arkansas convert a fourth and 25. To keep a drive going that kept Ole Miss from going to the SEC championship game. That was the lateral and Hunter Henry and all that stuff. But this was fourth and goal from the 31 yard line. Fourth and goal. In other words, you can't get a first down. (laughs) There's no, there's nothing in front of the field that is workable. I mean, you could get the ball down. You could gain 30 yards and lose the game. That changes things. There's one thing to be fourth and 31. It's nothing to be fourth and go from the 31. You have no options but to score a touchdown. No options. And Alabama did it. And they did it in a very unfluky way. It was not a fluke. It was a well designed, well executed play with the game on the line. And as bad as Auburn might have. Defended it. And as bad as their plan might have been, just rushing two guys and having one guy just kind of hang out. I don't understand even having a spy on that play. Why you got a guy hanging out five to seven yards behind the line of scrimmage just standing there, not all the way back in coverage. But either you rush usually or you play complete coverage, and they didn't really do either. They rushed two guys, but those two guys just kind of stood there. But Alabama executed that play. That throw by Jalen Milroe was put the only place that you could put it. Uh, the defensive back did not get turned around. He did not get his head around to play the ball. He had his back to the ball, and he got burned. But the fact that Alabama wound up with man coverage on the outside, I think is a mystery to anyone who's ever played football at any level. And I'm not sitting sit here and try to be a coach, Noah. You know that. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you. But I, I know enough about football that I can't understand how Isaiah Bond got single covered to the outside there. I, I just don't. I, that, that, that's a mystery to me. But give Alabama credit. Give Milro credit for throwing a BB. Give, Bond has not gotten enough credit for that catch because the throw was so. But that, again, you say, well, you hit him right in the hands. He did now. He did. But that's still not an easy catch. you got to go up with the defender on you, defender facing you with his arms trying to knock the ball out. You've got to catch it. You've got to come down with a foot in bounds. you got both feet in bounds. So it was great execution by the offensive line, great execution by the quarterback, great execution by the receivers, and then in particular, great execution by Isaiah Bond to make the catch.
2: So I have a question uh, about the game. I was listening to to it while I was working on stuff I'm confused why are some people saying that the final score is 33-24 where is that coming from
1: what happened was on the final play of the game all right and we'll get to our intros here in a minute we just dive right in listen it's the iron Bowl. we're diving right in SEC championship game <clears throat> on the final after Alabama took the lead 27-24 to Alabama kicked off for some reason Auburn brought it out of the end zone which was another very dumb move because you have no timeouts because that's another thing poor coaching move using all your timeouts up uh, all your timeouts up while you're on defense. And you say, "Well, they want to win the game right there." Yeah, but in case you don't win the game, you need to have some timeouts. A couple timeouts that could have changed your whole offensive game plan. But anyway, they brought the kick out. Guy got tackled. Tried to. I think Auburn players were trying to start a little scrum to get a 15-yard penalty on Alabama. It didn't work. And so the first play, um, Thorn gets nailed. Ball comes out. A fumble. Well, it, like it was going to be a touchdown for Alabama. Then looked like it was going to be a safety. Seventy-two didn't get it out of the end zone. The offensive lineman picked it up. But the offensive the official right there got knocked down, fell down on his butt, and couldn't see the play. So Auburn has one more play, Noah, and they throw. Thorne throws it down the sidelines. Terrion Arnold intercepted the ball and appeared to return it for a pick six, a touchdown. So the scoreboard went ahead and changed to to thirty-three to twenty-four. The CBS broadcast team announced it is thirty through 24 But those officials who had blown several calls on both sides all day, instead of just getting off the field, is what officials may usually do in a game situation like that once the game is over, they made sure they stayed out there, and they said that Terry and Arnold, I guess, was out of bounds. I don't know if he was out of bounds or not. I, I mean, they never really had an angle from the cameras that showed. But those official, one of the officials said that, um and I think a couple of the Auburn sideline people Stayed on the officials because they, you know, I guess it mattered to them whether it was 33 to 24 or 30 or 27 to 24. And uh, they took the touchdown off the board. They said that Terry and Arnold intercepted the pass, but stepped out of bounds. I assume. I mean, I've still never heard an official statement on it from, from anybody, but that is my understanding is that, uh, it was ruled that Arnold stepped out of bounds. And, um, there you go. So.
2: Yeah, I just found, I was fat. I was like I was very confused over the weekend because I was like what is the final score actually? I heard
1: Well, you weren't the only one and and initially on social media <clears throat> I popped it up as 33 to 24 because that's what it, you know, what it said, but the official final score is 27-24. We'll break down the numbers, We we obviously too we've got to turn the page to um uh, to um the SEC championship game, which is a bigger game. I know a lot of people don't want to imagine that. And, uh, but it, you know, it is, it is a bigger game. So all right. Let's go ahead and get the intros done where I, I do want to take phone calls, man, because listen, I want to, I want you to weigh in on that iron bow. I want you to weigh in on whether or not you think Alabama's got the right stuff to beat Georgia. I want you to weigh in on this, what I think has been a magical season. I, I think for Alabama to go from where it was after three games, two and one, but having lost to Texas at home, having looked miserable against, uh, South Florida to the point now where they're 8-0 in the SEC. That's the fifth time Saban's finished 8-0 in the SEC. He's finished 7-1 and in the SEC more times than I can count. But um, 8-0... Um 12th year in a row I think to win 11 games uh, for this team to be poised to, to win an SEC championship and get a spot in the college football playoff is amazing to me um, but we're going to discuss all that but I do need to tell you that this is the Gary Harris show I am Gary Harris Noah Haynes is right there on the other side of the glass manning the controls taking your phone calls on the first and main condos hotline at 205-342-9904 this hour of the Gary Harris show is being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union member owned and not-for-profit it really is just a better way of banking uh you know i've got my money at alabama credit union because let me tell you something (laughs) i trust those folks i'm a member you know i'm I'm not just a customer i am a member and they've got a great deal right now save big this cyber monday listen to this six percent annual percentage yield on a 12-month cd Save big this Cyber Monday. Get by and see them at the Alabama Credit Union right now. 24 hours only. 6% APY for 12 months. You have got to take advantage of this. Get by an Alabama Credit Union location today. Don't let this pass you by. This is an incredible opportunity. And I can tell you right now, Noah and listeners, I'm going to take advantage of it. I am going to take advantage of 6% for 12 months right now at Alabama Credit Union. Join me in taking advantage of this incredible opportunity. Find out more at alabamacu.com or get by and see them at Alabama Credit Union. Locations all around the great state of Alabama, including many right here in West Alabama. All right. We'll be back. We want to take some phone calls. Hey, line them up for me. Line, Noah, Noah needs some more work. We only got one phone call on hold. Well, let me know what you thought about it, man. It's, it's all anybody's talked about all weekend is how Alabama almost let it, a trip to Auburn ruin their season, but they didn't. They won the game against a lot of odds. This team is mistake prone. There's no way around it. I I, I said during the game, I've never seen a team as obsessed with shooting itself in the foot as this Alabama team. But I've also never seen a team as resilient as this Alabama team. And a team that will fight you all the way until there's double zeros on the clock. What a game. What a season. A lot still lies ahead for the Crimson Tide. Let's hear from you. The number of the First Domain Condominiums Hotline, presented by First Domain Condominiums, 205-342-9904. That's 205-342-9904. Gary Harris, Noah Haynes, and you. Download the app. Listen to us at tide109.com or over the air on Tide 100.9 FM or 1230 AM WTBC. We're back after this.
0: This season of Alabama football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment.
3: From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoop. Alabama won the Iron Bowl on Saturday, 27-24 to 24 at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Head coach Nick Saban met with the media after the win.
4: So do I need to really say anything? I mean, it's an unbelievable game. I guess if you're in this long enough... Sometimes it goes against you in the last play of the game. And sometimes you're fortunate and it goes for you. And uh, our players really stepped up, uh, got a couple stops when we needed to on defense, which we didn't play great uh, all day, but we got stops when we needed to. And offense put some drives together and we overcame adversity, you know, bad snap when we got an opportunity to, to score and, um, then we make a, a great play on fourth down. So um, can't say enough about the resiliency of our players, um, how they competed in the game, uh, played hard in the fourth quarter. Got to give Auburn's team a lot of credit too, man. I'll have more in a moment.
5: You know, in today's world, companies are looking for business partners. Other companies they can depend on to help make their business successful. At the Crimson Tide Sports Network, we have found that partner in Dex Imaging. So when it comes to office solutions and a partner you can depend on, give Dex Imaging a call. For more information, go to DexImaging.com. Dex Imaging,
3: the official copier and printer provider of Alabama athletics. Join us tonight for our final edition this season of Crimson Tide Rewind, presented by the Alabama Department of Public Health at 6 p.m. Central from Baumhauer's Victory Grill in Vestavia Hills. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield.
0: Tide 100.9 in local Tide 100.9,
3: Tuscaloosa weather.
0: Lots of sunshine today,
6: but cold and breezy at times. The high 49, a freeze tonight. The sky clear, the low 29. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow 51, Wednesday's high at 57. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 40 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
7: You
0: see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris show weekdays from 9 to 11
8: on Tide 100.9.
1: There it was. You know what? I was uh, we had so much going on in the first segment and I was pumping Cyber Monday at Alabama Credit Union. We didn't give you the little ching so you could feel good about your money. But I promise you again Cyber Monday, 6% APY on a 12-month CD. This is something that you've got to take advantage of. Get by 24 hours only. So get by the credit union today. Alabama Credit Union, Loans for Real Life. All right. Also, I didn't mention Rodney Orr coming up at 9.30 from TigerInsider.com. Casey Smith on golf at 10.30. Right now, your phone calls. They're lined up for us. We're going to go the order in which they came in. It's going to be Tom. Philip Lewis, and Roland. All right, Tom, we got four callers in this segment, so I know you're going to make great points, but uh, be be aware that I'm going to have to limit you just a little bit this morning.
8: I got it. I got it. I, I, I want to hear what everybody else has to say as well, though. And uh, and I know I, my opinion is not the only one. But the first thing for me is a freaking referee, there has never been a more pathetic crew than what we had in that ball game. Well you know who you, know, I, who I, crew, I, I, you know who that crew
1: who you know who it was, don't you Tom? That was yeah, Jason crew. Working. Tennessee game from last year in Knoxville.
8: Exactly. Exactly. And they and they they're employees at Birmingham Race Course for Milt McGregor. And uh uh that's their main employer what? and uh and then second if Rodney's coming on, I know you won't do it, but I wish you would force rodney to make an opinion on the defensive line coach we should have never given up over a hundred yards rushing in that game that defensive line is standing around with their finger you know where and they're not playing football anymore and i don't know what freddie Roach calls himself doing but he needs to be run out of town before we go to atlanta i mean and i want rodney to make an opinion on the coaching that those kids on that defensive line are getting because they're not getting any. And, and uh, for us to give up that kind of yardage against a pathetic team like Auburn, it, I mean, he should not show his face around town again. <clears throat> See you.
1: Thank you, Tom. Tom, getting right to the point. And, you know, listen, I hate to, to pile on, but uh, – uh, that crew had a tough time in the game in Knoxville last year with Alabama, Tennessee, and I thought they had a tough time on Saturday in the Iron Bowl. And, um, and, and real quickly before we get to, uh, let's see, what was the order we got them? Philip, then Lewis, then Roland. I, I didn't think that Gary Daniels and Brad Nessler were ever going to shut up about that missed face mask on that, on that, that kickoff early in the game. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, uh, and that, well, all that would have been was an offsetting penalty because they, you know, they did call the block in the bag. But that was, I thought that was about the only one they missed on Alabama. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's get to Philip, and then it'll be Lewis, and then it'll be Roland in Guntersville. Hey, good morning, Philip.
8: Hey, man. uh, And I'll be the first to say Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Let me get that out of the way. The second thing is I'd like to say is
9: when Alabama plays Auburn uh, under the Saban era, when there's
4: really nothing left the following week, which I mean an SEC championship game or or
9: a playoff game, Alabama's one and four against Auburn. When Alabama plays Auburn when they've got an SEC championship game or a playoff opportunity next after that game, Alabama's eleven and one against Auburn.
1: There you go. When you got something to play for, they they find a way to get it done. And when they don't, evidently they don't as often. Um you know, um yeah, you gotta when you've got that SEC championship game though lingering, it's like you, you you've got a game to play after that. But somehow you've also got to get focused to, to win the Iron Bowl, and they managed to do it. You know, uh, to your point, Philip, they get through it. Now they kind of get to be the hunter a little bit. You know, uh, this was a game yep. that everybody expected Alabama to win. They struggled, they yes. won, and now they're not. Not many people are going to expect them to win Saturday. So here you go. That's right. It, it feels like
9: the Miami game of nineteen ninety two uh, a little bit to me.
1: Yeah, a little bit. And it even feels like the uh, the SEC championship game from two years a little bit, too. (laughs) You know? Oh, certainly, certainly.
9: But you you got my point. You got my drift. With Alabama, that's a lot of pressure to play Auburn when you've got something big the next week or a few weeks later.
1: I got you, my friend. Good take. See you, man. All right. It's good to hear from Philip. All right. Let's get to uh, Lewis. And hey, Lewis, man. Good morning.
10: Hey, Gary. Uh, love the show. Yeah, Tom covered it pretty good. I thought the, the, the officials were pretty poor in that game. It rem- reminded me of the Tennessee-Bama game last year. They've they called that game like they were intimidated. Uh, and I'm sure Auburn, of course, the face mask, Auburn's got some complaints about calls. But it looked like targeting when Auburn uh, defensive player hit uh, came in and hit Melrose helmet to helmet when he was running for a first down. Now, that could have been called targeting. I hate the targeting rule, but also uh, there's uh, uh, people – Saying allegedly, Auburn was clapping when, uh, we yeah,
1: had here, there were several. Down. Lewis, there was, uh, there were a couple p- missed pass interference calls that were just absolutely blatant. Uh, they, they botched Burton's catch on the sideline, which was a third down play, and Alabama would have kept possession. Uh, he caught it in bounds. They rooted him out of bounds, and he went to the replay, and I've I never understood SEC can't even get it right on replay. The guy was in bounds. They, they let it stand. Um, you know, there, there was, um, a potential, uh, um, you know mimicking the snap deal as you said and and there were several that were you know I didn't think after the missed face mask. You know, there was a blatant missed face mask that went in Alabama's favor, even though it would not have been a penalty. It would have up just being offsetting. But after that, you knew the rest of the day that Alabama wasn't going to get any calls, or not many. And it just felt like that after that it leaned toward toward Auburn. But, you know, at the same time Alabama overcame it all, you know, Auburn had to overcome some things. It turned out to be a great game. I thought that was a huge play. I don't know about you, but when it was Alabama got a three and out, stuck it right in the end zone, three and out again, got the ball, back fourth and one they run that great play for kendrick law he walks into the end zone from i think it was 41 yards and they called uh, C.J. Day. Dupree for a hook. Now, he hooked the kid a little bit. You very rarely see that called. Kind of a weak call, in my opinion. And then the next thing yeah. you know, you got a fourth down and 11. And then you punt. The kid hits a, you know, a burn-up hit. His one bad punt of the day. Could have been, a what, over 15 yards? If that, 10 yards. And, uh, you know, Auburn went and stuck it in the end zone. It was game on. I think if Kenner lost, touchdown stands, and it's 14 to nothing, they're shell-shocked, I think. I think this thing could have gotten ugly. We hadn't seen it in a while, Lewis, but we saw it yesterday. Or on Saturday, Alabama had another touchdown return uh because of a penalty i think that's seven on the year and uh yeah. you know but they overcame it all won the game
10: yep that's the main thing gary and uh, they must be hard up to, to <laughs> hire officials or something that that crew is unreal last point i'd like to make for us to have a chance and i think we have a chance we're gonna have to play a hell of a heck of a lot better to beat uh uh georgia but Melrose is going to have to be decisive on runs. There were times when he kind of reverted. And it's tough. I get it. And he was the hero with the with the pass at the end. There's times when he is going to have to take off because there's not a lot defenses can do about that. They can plan for everything. But there's times when if he'll just go for it, uh, that's going to be tough on Georgia's defense. And And, look, he's done great. I'm not complaining. But he really needs to be decisive on some runs. To keep keep the chains moving for us. So Love you
1: show gay roll tight. Thanks, Lewis. Yeah he played great in the game. But <clears throat> you're right, man. There's a couple times when he's got green in front of him, I thought on the third down play that he wound up getting the penalty for throwing the ball across the line of scrimmage. On the third down play before the fourth and thirty one, fourth and goal from the thirty one, he had a lot of green in front of him. Should have probably should have pulled it down there. And obviously the one time he threw the touchdown to uh, um Nigh black that he was over the line of scrimmage. He probably could have run, could have run for the first down possibly for a touchdown there. All right. Let's get to Rowan over in Guntersville. Hey, Rowan. Good morning.
11: Hey, Gary, uh, uh, Tom kind of stole my thunder, but these referees, uh, uh there's something got to be done about that. They was some, uh, you know, bad cause on both sides, but there's a heck of a lot more on Alabama that affected Alabama than what affected Auburn. Uh, you didn't even mention that there where the kicker got if behind, and the guy crawled on him was holding him down. Yeah,
8: that what, and what referee Roland was in there looking at him.
1: Yeah, right from the play, uh, Jacob Burnham, the punter, just got absolutely blindsided. And then the guy Stood over him and right in front of the official, and the official just watched it. So, and it's it, not it was really a safety good, there okay. at the end of the game. Uh, when they, when, uh, I think it was Braswell that got the sack and the ball popped out, and the kid, the big lineman, 72 picked it up, and he didn't get out of the end zone. His knee went down in the end zone, but the official watching the play somehow fell on his butt and didn't even see it. Yeah, it was comedy of errors. I, I agree with you. You know, it's, uh, uh, I, but Alabama overcame it and won the game.
11: I'm sick of it though. I'm sick of Alabama getting a short end of every, and then you hear, you hear these idiots saying Alabama gets the benefit of every call. These guys are not, not watching the same game I'm watching. Like you said on that, uh, catch it, uh, what's the name made? Uh, it was in. Anybody still was in it. I mean, how do you miss that? How do you go to instant replay and not, not change that call?
1: I don't know, man. I don't know, Roland. I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy that Alabama found a way to overcome all that and win the game. Because I'm with you now. And, uh, obviously, if you're an Auburn fan, you see it differently. I mean, everybody sees sees these games and officiated through their own, <clears throat> through their own, you know, lenses of orange and blue or crimson and white. But again, I I, I try to watch it objectively from the standpoint of um, did I think. After the missed face mask call, which that clearly was a face mask that didn't get called on Alabama, after that, did I thought did I think that the officiating um, advantage went to Auburn? I, I, I do, you know, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm like you. That's the that's what I saw, but I'm sure if you talked to an Auburn fan, they would tell you differently.
11: And and well, I know you got to go, but one quick thing on Mill Road. What, what a game that kid played. Uh, and he put that ball in the only place he could put it for a touchdown. Nobody in the world could have to a pass any better than that pass. You're right, and, my uh, friend. You know, it was perfect. The only thing I can say is when uh, he, you know, like on that, uh, where he went over the line that first time, I believe it was, he had the first down. It had been first and goal. He had the first down right in front of him, and, and he instead tried to pass it after he passed the line. And don't you have to take the first down? And yeah, he probably
1: very hard. should have. I mean, I, like we were talking about earlier, he's he a couple of those times he needs to be a little more decisive and run the ball. But um, you know, he played great in the game, and and um, I'm sure they'll talk to him this week about you know sometimes when you're rolling out and you got green in front of you, take it. So I'm sure they'll coach him up on that. <clears throat>
11: but but he's a key to Saturday for sure. But that's all I got, Gary. You, know, you have a great day, okay?
1: Thank you, Roland. Great call from over there in Gunnersville. Thanks for the phone calls. Now we're really kicking it in. 930, we'll take our break. Come back with Rodney Orr from TiterInsider.com. TV next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Free has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at nineteen twenty-five University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and Three Special. Monday through Friday from eleven AM until two PM, get a meat and three vegetables for just eight forty nine. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the Free.
0: Know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content on your home for Alabama Sports Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: time it is. It's time for Rodney Orr from TiderInsider.com, Tider Insider TV. And um, people have already called in anxiously awaiting Rodney's instant reaction to, well not instant reaction now, it's two days later, but uh, his Iron Bowl reaction and looking uh, look ahead to the SEC Championship game. Good morning, Rod.
2: Good morning. How's it going, Gary? Great.
1: Uh, I hate to call it an instant classic because uh, Alabama really didn't, Alabama made all the mistakes that we had seen, biked this team early in the year. Uh, they dealt with them on on Saturday, uh, but overcame and uh, got it done in miraculous fashion. I, I said earlier, Rod, I don't know that I've ever seen. I, I don't know. I haven't looked back through the history books. I doubt in my opinion thought process there's ever been a fourth and goal from the 31-yard line with the game on the line <laughs> but Alabama had it and uh you've got Milro to Isaiah Bond and all's well that ends well Alabama wins at 27-24 Rod
2: yeah I mean it was uh you know it's, uh, first of all those games down there always seem to follow a very similar script uh you know Alabama makes a lot of mistakes down there Tons. and they did again yeah they did again and,
1: again, I give Auburn all the credit for the intensity there. Uh-oh, Spaghetti-O. Again I hate when that happens. I absolutely hate when that happens in the middle of the segment. And when it's Rodney Orr, about to make a great point, uh, it just – the phone gremlins can bite from time to time. And – um, I just absolutely hate it, but there's nothing that we can do about it. We had the great open. Now when Noah puts the podcast on, he's got to work around this. But we're going to pick it right back up with Rodney Uh Noah's getting him on right now. And all right, we we good to go, Noah. Oh no, we're not good to go. So
2: hang on just a moment.
1: Okay, all right. Well, we're trying to get Rodney back on the line. I don't know what happened. I guess it's phone gremlin. But it uh, what a time to bite, huh? What a time you phone gremlin. What is wrong with you? Why are you doing this to me and to our show and to our listeners and to Rodney Orr? All right, here we go. We're going to try it again. Rod, you back with us?
2: I am back. Nice. I am back. I was I was just saying that, um, you know, I, I give Auburn the credit. They they played with a lot of intensity, obviously. Uh, I think it's pretty clear they've been preparing for that game for a while. They did some things differently, I think, Uh you know, offensively, the way they ran the ball and all of those things. But, I, I, again, I go back to what you said right off the top. I think there was a lot of mistakes that Alabama made starting with the, uh, you know, the holding call on Dupree that, that negated the law touchdown run. And Because I think if Alabama scores there, it's kind of off to the races a little bit. I think Alabama, if you look at it, basically they had three touchdowns taken off the board in this game. Uh, you know, when Mill ran past the line of scrimmage, when he probably would have easily gotten a first down, there in the, uh, inside the 10. And then, of course, at the end of the game, too, that pick six that kind of, well, would have been a pick six, could have been had he not stepped out. But anyway, it's a, it's a game that I think, uh, you know, Alabama could have won handily. Uh, but, uh, you know, they created a lot of their own issues in the game.
1: Man, you said it. I mean, um, I, I said one earlier, two touchdowns called back. Of course, the the one that uh, with Law's run and then the when Milrow went mm-hmm. over the line, thrown it to Nye Black. Um, so many, and you know, and, and we are going to touch on the officiating because it seems like it's always a factor down there. But um, to overcome all that and win the game is the bottom line. But early in the game, uh, it couldn't have started better for Alabama. <laughs> you get a three and out. Um, they kick to you. You go right down the field, get a touchdown. It was just almost easy. And then you get another three and out, and they punt to you fourth and one from right around the 40-yard line of Auburn. You have a great play dialed up. Kendrick Law is really untouched, and uh, listen, he did pre-hook the guy a little bit. That's kind of a common thing for a tight end. Uh, technically, it was a penalty, so I don't want to say the officials got it wrong, but it's very rarely called. And. Um, you know, what would have happened if, if that touchdown stands right? we don't know for sure. We know it'd been 14 to nothing. My feeling is, uh, that, that it would have gotten away from Auburn pretty quickly. But that, as you said, that kind of follows the script down there. Alabama can never seem to separate from that team, or at least it's very rare they separate from them when they play down in turn here.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, he really, if Dupree would have just shielded him, just, he didn't even have to really touch him. Uh, the defender and you know Law had the the alley oh, yeah, there. Absolutely. To, to, yeah, it was it was a clear pass. So, uh, but it is what it is, and um, you know, uh, and I, I couldn't believe too how much was made out of this. You know, the penalty, the missed face mask. Yeah, it was missed, and it should have been called. Definitely missed. But it was a would have been a uh, an offsetting penalty, penalty. and it, that was never brought up by Gary Danielson. It was an offsetting penalty, so I guess they had to re-kick the thing. It and Auburn might have gotten a little better field position, perhaps, for sure. So, But, I mean, I don't think it was a game-changing deal to go on for two quarters about it. Um, you know, but uh, you, because you did mention the officiating. So I mean I think you know there were probably calls both ways that were you know kind of missed. I mean you know some people say that Bond shoved. I didn't see a shove at all. Not you at know all. I saw I saw I saw him being held by the collar of his jersey. Well, first hey, of all,
1: Ronnie, on that point, I hate to interrupt you, but on that point, what is it we hear from all these broadcasters every time I offensive pass interference? Well, if you don't get your head around, you can't expect to get a call. Well, the defensive back never turned his head. Uh, you know, it was a little mm-hmm. bit of hand fighting there. He was he was looking right at Bond. He never got his head around, and now you want offensive pass interference? Are you kidding me? And of course, officials didn't call, which is correct. But people crying about that—that—that's I, I, weak. That's a weak, weak attempt to try to changed the outcome of what was a great play by Alabama.
2: hmm Yeah, and, and I think you know. Again, I want to be clear. There, there were there were things that happened on both sides that, that, and it happens in these games. I mean, I think you know. Earlier in the game, I thought Bond was mugged in the end zone. Uh, you know, he dropped the ball. He could have still made the catch. I, I thought that was a. And you know, I thought that was pass interference in the in the end zone. Frankly, um, you know, and then you you had a blindside block by number eighty four for Auburn when he when he when he Hit Burnett and you know, then laid on top of him. So I mean, there's there's things that you can look at both ways. Uh, that that you know, maybe you say this should have been called or that should have been called. But that's kind of the way the game. It played out the way it played out. You know, honestly, um, you know, there were some things that happened, but uh, you know, overall, I mean, it, it was it was typical Alabama Auburn. You know, I mean, it just really was. You never can predict what's going to happen. You know that both teams are going to play at an extremely high level. I don't think that game has anything to do with anything else than that day. What I mean by that is some people say, well, you know, no, Auburn's going to play at their best in that game, and generally Alabama is too. It's just the way that game is played.
1: Well, for the, the crowd out there that says, you know, Auburn controlled the game, let me just give you the numbers. They didn't control the game. Could they have won the game? Sure. Should they have won the game? Yeah, fourth and go from 31, you should win. But Alabama had 451 total yards offense to 337. The Tide held the ball for 32 minutes and 43 seconds. They did not turn the ball over. <laughs> Auburn had three turnovers. Um They had 68 plays to 59. So, you know, give Auburn credit for being in the position to win. And, yes, at fourth and go from the 31, they should have won the game. At the same time, it should have never come down to that. It, like, you know, and for those crying about the penalties, Alabama had eight penalties for 72 yards. Auburn had five for 28. So I don't want to hear it. it the bottom line is, if you're Alabama from your Alabama standpoint, it should have never come down to that, right? It, but Alabama should have had that game in control. So uh, Auburn should have won, but it should have been a situation where if Alabama doesn't have two touchdowns, callback, uh, doesn't have some really boneheaded mistakes in the game, it probably never comes down to that in the first place, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, that's definite for me. Um, Now, I will say this, too. One of my other takeaways would be Milrow. I mean, he put up some really good numbers. I mean, he had 259 passing, 107 107 rushing. But I think he could have put up a lot more, too, Gary. You know, I, I think... Uh, I'd like to see him more LSU than, than what we saw the other day. what I mean by that is a little more decisive. Uh, He is incredibly creative and dangerous. Uh, You know, when he's back there and it starts to break down, he has an opportunity to run. Uh, I think sometimes as I'm watching the game, I'm saying, you know, Milrow, you're thinking too much. You're overthinking this just play, just play, man. I mean, take off and go be decisive because you can punish people running the football. I mean, you know, I mean, when he gets when he gets loose, I mean, Gary, he's the most dangerous weapon in college football. I mean, and he needs to use that. I mean, uh, you saw the one scramble he had for, what, 37 yards? I mean, put Alabama in scoring position. Just, I mean, and it just, he makes it look easy. And I think he needs to use that. I mean, I admire his determination to be a pocket passer and to throw the ball. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you've got these tools as a runner and, you know, use everything you have because that's what makes you who you are. And he's got it, man. If, if he'll just use his uh, legs a little bit more, you know, be a little bit more decisive in doing that, uh, I think it opens everything else up. I think it even makes him a more effective passer. I think it, you know, it opens up the inside run game. Uh, we saw that against LSU um, because, you know, teams are on their heels. And I, I think
1: he has to do that. Rodney, um, you win the game. That's the bottom line. Um, and, of course, Auburn has to come to to Tuscaloosa, uh, to Brian Denny next year, where the games have not been close for the most part. During the broadcast, during the week, I get it. It's, it's the angle you want to keep viewers engaged. Do you, do you, do you get frustrated sometimes from an Alabama perspective that it's almost like the games at Brian Denny just don't even count anymore? I mean, it's just like every two years is actually the Iron Bowl. And when, when, when it comes here, it's like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter that you won by 30 or won by 40 or whatever you won by. Um, I, I find that a little bit, um, uh, frustrating sometimes and alabama doesn't seem to get any credit for going seven and one under nick saban in iron bowls at at, at bryant Denny stadium and outside the Camback. they've all been double digit wins and most of them have been blowouts
2: well i think that's part of it because just the way the games are played out you know i think you know obviously the the games at, at auburn have been more for the most part more exciting uh you know, I've had the dr- drama, the dramatic finishes, all of those things. You know, and except for, you mentioned the 2010 game, except for that one, Alabama's pretty much just dominated. I mean, those games have been over sometimes by halftime. Uh, so I, I think that's probably ghost part of it in terms of, you know, the way it's portrayed on TV, whatever, um, you know, because those games, it, 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 uh, I mean, there's been some classics down there. I mean, there really has. And unfortunately for Alabama, they've gone – in Obama's way the last couple of times because those are the kind of games that you, you remember for years down there, Auburn was winning those games, you know, those those last second things that happened when it was kick six you could go back to Curtis Brown you could go back to a lot of different times when, you know, they've won those games in, in dramatic fashion
1: The level of consistency and we'll get to the SEC Championship game in a moment, that, uh, you know, Saban and let's point this out too, he's now 12-5 and five against Auburn, um which is still pretty good. And um, five and four now has a winning record at Jordan Hare. So all the talk about he can't win there. It's his kryptonite. He's got a winning record. But I told you last night he'd won 11 games for 12 straight years. I shorted him. It's 11 straight, uh, 11 games for 12 straight years. He's won 11 games now for 13 straight years. and, and, and outside of a 10-win season in 2010, he also won 12 in 2008, 14 in 2009, of course, the first year won seven. But uh, to do that, this is the fifth time he's finished 8-0 in the SEC. I-, I mean, I understand what Kirby and Georgia are doing right now. It's amazing. But over this period of time, a 15-year-plus period, will you speak to this level of consistency? And, and we're never going to see this again,
6: ever.
2: No, it's – uh been pretty incredible you know I watched Bobby Bowden do it in the ACC and people would say well nobody will ever do this would ever do this in the SEC and you know you look at the streak that Alabama's run off there you kind of laid it all out there it's been it's been pretty amazing you know and um, you know right now I think as we look forward to Saturday you know the way Kirby has we're you know they just snapped I guess Alabama's 28 game streak yeah. Uh, you know, they went 29 with the win over you know, Georgia Tech, and and again, we could look at that and say, well, I mean, and he has, he's had the benefit. Kirby has had the benefit of playing in the East. Let's just be honest; it's it's not nearly as competitive. Hasn't been nearly as competitive as as the West. It's a lot more difficult week in and week out in the West. There's, there, I don't think that's debatable. Uh, but you know what they've got going on over there is, is 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 really good and you know obviously he's he's putting up some really good numbers too because he's won two national championships could have really won three you know came down to that last play and then uh you know here he is again uh the uh, maybe playing for another one you know so what they're doing over there it, it, it's it's pretty remarkable as well
1: it is it is and i said uh, savings finished eight no five times in the sec i didn't count the 10 and 0 season <laughs> into the, i forgot about the covid year yeah right know so he's actually six times and 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 for the people that are listening because listen i understand you get frustrated with coaches sometimes and you know why didn't he but again you're seeing and you're being a part of something i'm just going to run this down for you after that first season this is his records uh from 2008 through 2010 3, uh, 23 12 and 2 14 and 0 10 and 3 12 and 1 13 and 1 11 and 2 12 and 2 14 and 1 14 and 1 13 and 1 14 and 1 11 and 2 13 and 0 13 and 2 11 and 2 and right now 11 and 1 and remember those two of those 14 and 1s were when they were 14 and 0 and they lost to Clemson twice when they were 14 and 0 Rodney uh, in in national championship games so it's just it's it's off the charts all right Iron Bowls in the in the rearview mirror Alabama wins it uh, now you've got um, an even bigger game, the SEC championships on the line, and potentially a spot in the college football playoff against, as you said, a team that snapped Alabama's 28-game SEC uh, win streak mark, uh, 28 by Bryant, 28 by Stallings. Saban got to 26, Kirby's at 29. They haven't lost since Bema beat them two years ago in this same game, and uh, they're the favorite and should be. I think they're the best team in the country, and Alabama's got a huge challenge on Saturday afternoon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium.
2: No, I, I'm with you. I think they are the best team I've seen so far overall. You know, I really do. Um, now I will say this too. The one thing I know they're good because of what, what we've seen in the past from them. And, and I know what kind of talent they have. And I know all this. I, I also don't think they've really faced any stiff challenges or challengers if you want to put it that way. I mean, they, they played some okay teams. I think Missouri's pretty solid, but I don't think they've really been challenged. Missouri actually had them on the ropes. There's 23, 21 game. Missouri has the ball and, you know, he throws the interception to the defensive lineman, but, uh, you know, uh, so this is going to be Georgia's, uh, you know, this is going to be by far their biggest challenge, you know, and, um, you know, I know that they, they handled Tennessee. I think Tennessee kind of since that second half of the Alabama game, they, they kind of struggled a little bit. But, um, you know, again, it's it's going to be a real challenge because this is going to be a really physical team to Georgia. I I think the key to me as I start looking at some of the keys, one of the keys for sure is, you know, Alabama's offensive line against Georgia's defensive front. Uh, it's, it's always a game of the trenches, in the trenches. I, I, I think Alabama's defensive line is going to have to play better. Uh, frankly, I don't think they've – you know, played as well the last couple of games we we saw, uh, the you know, after that Texas A&M game, during that A&M game, and the next few weeks I thought that defensive line was taking a big step. I just don't think they've played as well the last two weeks. They don't look like they've had nearly the intensity that they were playing with. Overall, they better get that intensity back this week, and they better be disciplined because, you know, it looked like a few times they were out of position, you know, in this in this Auburn game. So I think, uh, I think Alabama's defensive line play is going to be really crucial because – if Georgia can line up and run it, and they've been that with back play-action passes, you know, they're they're pretty amazing. They've got a lot of weapons. I know they've been a little beat up. Bowers has been beat up. Ladd mcconkey has been beat up a little bit. You know, I, I expect both those guys will probably be ready to go. Uh, but they've got a lot of weapons, man. They've got a lot of weapons, and, and uh, you know, they utilize them really well.
1: You mentioned you referenced the defensive line, and uh, Tom called in earlier and wanted me to ask you about uh, – um the defensive line and if you think they're being developed and 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 playing as well as they should be playing under freddie roach that was his question and i I told him i'd try to ask you
2: well i mean I, i you know again i thought they were making a lot of improvement um i just don't think they've played nearly as well the last couple of weeks for whatever reason uh you know again uh so I mean, it's it's really hard for me to say uh, are they being developed. I just don't think that they've played extremely well the, the last couple of weeks. And you know, I, you know, I, I watch some other teams on the defensive line. I watch Texas. i mean, I'm really impressed with what Bo Davis has done with that Texas defensive line. You know, I know a lot of people say you know Alabama would beat Texas by uh, t- ten points now, whatever, and and maybe so. But I will tell you this, watching them, that is the one area on their team that as I look at it, I say, this is a different group, and that's that Texas defensive line. They got talent, don't get me wrong, wide receivers, you know, their offensive lines are obviously better, all these things. But now I think the way they play up front defensively, Texas, and I'm just kind of comparing that to the development. I, I think that, uh, you know, what what they're doing there on that defensive line is what makes them really, really good. So... Uh, but no, as far as Alabama's concerned, I I don't think it's like the defensive line has been bad per se. I just don't think that it's it's been consistent.
1: What are the keys? And I know you've laid out some of them, but just to, in our last minute, Rodney, what does Alabama need to do to have success and and upset Georgia in the SEC championship game Saturday?
2: Well, Georgia seems to play really clean to me. And again, I've watched them some. I don't know what statistically what they're, but they protect the ball. Uh, uh, the quarterback back's really efficient as a passer, and I just don't think you can give – I mean, you, you can't help Georgia out at all. They're going to be good enough as it is. Can Alabama slow them down? Can Alabama slow down the Georgia offense? Like I said, they have a lot of weapons, uh, a lot of weapons, and it's going to be a real difficult challenge. So either Alabama's going to have to slow them down defensively or they're just going to have to outscore them. Uh, they're going to have to score a lot of points. Uh, so I just I, I think Millrose got to be at his best. I think he's got to protect the ball, and I think they got to use him as a real threat and a dual threat against Georgia. I, I think he's got to make plays with his legs, and I think he's very capable of that. I think he's very capable of hitting some throws. I will say this about Georgia, and you know I've been saying this for a long time, Gary. You and I have talked about this for a few years now. I think the one place where Georgia's very vulnerable is deep. You know, you can hit them deep. You can strike big on them. And I think if Alabama can strike, you know, challenge them down the field, I think Milrow can make those throws. So, uh, look, I think this is a this is a huge game for Milrow. I think he's got a lot of opportunities in this game.
1: Great stuff as always, Rodney. Folks, remember, com. Still, just $48 a year. And join uh, Rodney and me tomorrow night for Titer Insider TV at 630 on WVUA 23. Thanks, Rod. Okay, bud. Take care. All right. We'll get to the break and we'll come back and wrap up this first hour and get you ready for a big second hour right here on the Gary Hair Show. Today and feel good
0: about your money. You're listening to the Gary Harris Show. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: All right, that's going to wrap it up for the first hour. Hour number two is going to be a big hour as well. We're going to dive into some other topics. Uh, SEC hires at Texas A&M and Mississippi State for football. Uh, Frank Reich out as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Been a tough go for Bryce Young there. Your phone calls as well. All that's coming up in the second hour. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Again, a reminder, it's Cyber Monday. Get by and take advantage of that 6% APY 12 months. Only Today. Today only at Alabama Credit Union. Second hour is coming up. We're going to start off with a phone call from Paul in Lincoln. And uh, we're right around the corner. Keep it dialed in right here at TIE 100.9 FM at 1230 AM WTBC. Los Tarasco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember the name is Los Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa and North
0: Here's Nick
3: Cope. News in the NFL this morning. The Panthers have fired coach Frank Reich during his first season on the job as Carolina has started the year 1-10. in They just lost to the Titans on Sunday. Special teams coordinator Chris Tabor will be the interim coach. He has previous interim experience with the Bears. Senior assistant Jim Caldwell will serve as a special advisor to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown. The two will run the offense together. Reich becomes the second coach fired this season after Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. Giants GM Joe Shane said the expectation is that Daniel Jones will be the team's starting quarterback when he's healthy. Shane said they'll likely add a quarterback during the offseason. College Sports ESPN says that Conference USA is expected to add Delaware as a new member in 2025. And in baseball, free agent pitcher Sonny Gray is signing a three-year deal with the Cardinals.
0: Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
6: Alabama statewide gas prices down twenty-five cents from a month ago. But AAA is warning those gas prices vary widely, as much as 40 cents in some places. It's 281 on average in Tuscaloosa County, 314 in Green County. It's Cyber Monday and the Central Alabama Better Business Bureau warning about scammers and hackers using online shopping. And the Alabama Department of Revenue will begin sending out that one-time tax rebate on Friday. However, to qualify, you must have filed a 2022 state tax return. For
3: the latest local
0: news in Tuscaloosa, hey, Bama sports updates, oh, and severe weather information, download the free Tuscaloosa threat app. Never pay for your news and sign up for our
3: daily newsletter with news updates.
1: Well, let's rock and roll. Hour number two the Gary Harris Show. we here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC, the Tide 109 app, Tide109.com. Gary Harris, Noah Haynes with you for a second hour. We're going to dive into some more topics. We're going to get to phone calls, though, first. And before we do any of that, I need to let you know this hour the Gary Harris Show being brought to you, as always, by Patterson Comer, dedicated to serving our clients' integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. If you need personal injury attorneys in West Alabama, you need Patterson-Comer. Paul Patterson can be reached in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike Comer's in Northport at 205-759-3939. And remember, at Patterson-Comer, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Feet on the ground right here in West Alabama. You hire Patterson-Comer. There's never any money out of pocket unless they win for you, and you'll look them in the eye. You won't be talking on the phone with some lawyer that you never meet. They'll go with you all the way, even if you have to go into the courtroom. PattersonComerLawFirm.com.
3: No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right,
1: as I teased in the last hour, Texas A&M and Mississippi State have new football coaches. We'll get into that. Also, the Carolina Panthers moving on for Frank Reich after 12 games. But right now, we're jumping out on the first and main condominiums hotline. And Paul over in Lincoln has been patiently waiting to uh, talk with us. Good morning, Paul.
4: Profile Gary, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, buddy. Gary, you were your show was the first show I ever called on the radio station back the Monday after the two thousand nineteen collapse in Jordan Air Stadium. You score forty five points down there and get and, and still get beat. Um and uh I, I had the the, the the my buddies were tired of hearing me vent about Alabama's lack of lack of uh production down in lee county so i said i'm i'm just i'm gonna call and talk to i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to a, a therapist or something so <laughs> you, you, you 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 were the first uh the first host the first show i called down there gary but um i think these last two trips to, to lee county the 21 the 21 game and certainly the 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 game last Saturday night to me more than makes up for the the wild, wacky things that 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 goes on down there, just just to see the looks <laughs> on the faces as the cameras pan through the the stadium the stands I mean the tears those were real um uh, the i could, because Gary. How many times have Alabama fans in that stadium looked the exact same way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you you think to yourself, how did that just happen? Did I see? Did I do, did I see what I think I just saw? Um. So, Gary, you you mentioned you you had kind of wondered what kind of. I, I let me let me say this. I saw a stat you you had referenced uh, What were the the odds of what we saw happen? You know, on the fourth and third, uh, fourth and goal from the thirty-one. I was watching college football final Saturday night, and up to and, and Matt Berry had this stat: uh, up to this past Saturday night, the last two seasons, teams that face third or fourth down and thirty yards or more to go for either a first down or a touchdown, whatever, were o and ninety. Jeez, <laughs> Oh and ninety, Gary.
1: My lord,
4: Alabama made it one for ninety-one.
1: Unbelievable!
4: Think about that.
1: I'm thinking. Yeah, you're hitting me with it. I'm thinking about it. I wow. I, and not only was it fourth in that distance, like we've talked about, it was a fourth and goal. You couldn't get a first down, so no, you had to get a no. touchdown. I, yeah, that's that's it's Listen, what they pulled off down there. Paul, you just laid it out. It's, it's you know, you had the kick six. You had the, the punt, Bama punt. Uh, you had Bryce two years ago taking the tide 97, 98 yards with no timeouts. But to have a fourth and goal at your 31-yard line, after you had first and goal at the eight, I mean, yeah. again, I the game was over. The game was over. I, I think the odds of converting that fourth down were – higher than what the kick six odds were. Because once they put Chris Davis back there, and that was Ellis Johnson's call down to the from the press box. Once that mm-hmm. Chris Davis was back there and that field goal was kicked and it didn't go through the uprights, once he caught that ball, his chances of going 100-plus yards were pretty good. Because <laughs> you yeah. didn't have that many people out there that could tackle the guy, Paul.
4: No, you, you had a bunch of fat guys yeah. out there,
1: and and so that you know, give Auburn credit. But once that ball was in the air, I'm not going to say that was an easy touchdown. It wasn't an easy touchdown, but the odds were in his favor. The odds were never in Alabama's favor yesterday or Saturday on fourth and goal from the 31 yard line.
11: It, ever. They, they weren't.
4: They weren't. The, the odds were the, what the the uh, the ESPN had some. The odds were zero. I mean, point zero one percentage at, at the time that play started for Alabama to actually co- convert that that throw and win the game. I mean, that is it's 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 as improbable as you'll you'll ever see a, a, a play. I mean, I know there's Hail Marys, um, and but I mean, Ryan, you, I mean, uh, Gary, you had you had. Uh, you had eight defenders in the end zone, eight, and we had five receivers. And <laughs> how does that happen?
1: Yeah, this is more, much more improbable than a hail mary. You're right, because a hail mary exactly. is just to throw it up and and, and bounce it around. Uh, this is a 31 yard strike. I mean, this is this is a this is a uh, they call it grave digger is the play. This is a designed. You know, we're going to. Throw you open and, and Milro, uh, again, it is, it is miraculous. You may not ever see this again, Jim. Uh, no, Paul, we, we may exactly not ever right. see this again in our lifetime. And, and to have the throw be on time, be accurate. And again, Bond's not getting enough credit. I mean, to go up and catch that thing with the defender looking you in the face, trying to knock the ball away and you catch it, you get not one foot down, but both feet down. Yeah, it just, it, you're right, man. It, it's, it's, and I agree with you to some degree. I, I think, yeah, I think Alabama fans would like to go down there and mud hole them. I think they like, you know, think back to 31-7 in and, and 2001 or 42-14 in 2011. Uh, but for what has happened to Alabama down there, to win the way they've won the last two years, I'm with you. I mean, I, it's almost like you kind of, it's an exorcism, you know. You, you're you getting rid of some demons, Right.
4: You, 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 the demons, I mean, demons have have just thrived on Alabama down there. It seems. And 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 Gary, I'm I'm listen, I know, Coach Coach Saban talks about execution and the the best team, uh, that play, the 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 team that plays the best that day normally wins. But I'm telling you, Gary, we know what happens in Tuscaloosa when they come. It, it's really been a, a it's really been a, mism- yeah. a Exactly, it's been a mismatch. Uh, other than 2010, but. That, that, whatever you want to call it, that voodoo, that, 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 uh, magic, whatever you, it it is real down there. That, that, that Auburn team plays at a level down there when only really when Alabama comes down there. I I mean, I know they kept the Georgia game uh, close, but listen, when Alabama goes in there, man, it is a absolute, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's well, just keep, crazy. Keep, keep
1: this in mind. This is this is what it is. This is how big it is to them. They basically let's let's just, let's just call it what it is. They basically sacrificed one point eight million dollars and a loss to a New Mexico State team that was 0-25 against the SEC just so they would be ready to play this game. It was clear sure did. they didn't prepare for this game. It was for the New Mexico State game. It's clear and yeah. obvious to everybody that Auburn wasn't ready to play that game and had not put any kind of thought process or preparation or, or got themselves because they were all geared for this one. And, hey, yeah. man, had they, now listen, had they won the game? It would have been, they would have said, you know what? It was worth it, but they didn't win. And for Alabama to get right. down there and get out of there against a team that, like you said, I mean, they put for Auburn and this is not a diss. I've had a couple of people tell me you're dissing Auburn. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just stating the fact. I'm just stating the fact. Auburn's a good program. Auburn's not on Alabama's level. Has never been on Alabama's
8: level. No, Nick Saban's won more national
1: championships since 2009 than Auburn's won in their history. Well, I rattled off the 11-1 seasons. He's got twice as many or more than twice as many 11-1 seasons consecutively as Auburn's got in their history. So they're a good program, but they're not at Alabama's level. So winning that game Saturday would have made their season. Period. It wouldn't have mattered to Austin-Mexico State. It wouldn't have mattered. uh, So... That's the difference. Alabama wants to beat Auburn. It's an important game. It would have stung, but usually Auburn's just kind of there in the way of where Alabama wants to get to. Now have a, have Auburn has Auburn done that a couple of times? Yeah, they have had good enough seasons. They won a national championship in 2010. That Alabama was in the way, and, but most of the time Auburn's playing to win the Iron Bowl, and Alabama's playing for the bigger picture. That's just the truth.
4: Gary, me and you are, are, are around the same age. I just turned sixty. And it's always been with me, and you know, you call me a simpleton, call it narrow minded. It, to me, it begins and ends of what we what, what Bama does against Tennessee and, and Auburn. Uh, it really does. I mean I'm, I'm laser focused on them two games because of the the, the, the hatred that I have <laughs> for those two programs. Um, anything else, Gary is like a cherry on top. And, and now we turn our attention towards towards uh, Georgia. In Atlanta, Friday, absolutely, and uh, yeah, you do. And I, I, I go back to what, and you, and Rodney said it uh, earlier. The teams that give Georgia seems to be the, the the biggest problems is the teams that can can throw the ball vertically downfield. And I, I look at what what Bryce did against them in twenty one, and I look at what C J Stroud did against them last last year in Atlanta. Ohio State only had 119 yards, but they threw for 352, and mm-hmm. he he carved their defense. He did, and, and this is a lot better defense to yeah. me than uh, their, their defense last course, year. Of course, year. in fairness,
1: Paul C.J. Stroud's carving up NFL defenses. Too.
4: <laughs> he is, he is, he is. And I, I still believe if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't go out of that game, Ohio State wins it. But uh, that, that's neither here nor there. I, I think if if we can if we can give Miro time to to throw the ball and be decisive when he pulls it down to run, uh, listen, Bama's going to be in that game. I, I truly believe they're going to be in that game, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. But, but man, to, to beat Auburn the way we beat them Saturday night, Gary, is just... It's, uh, you're right. I would have loved to beat them 35 nothing, mud-hold them, like you said, and I certainly picked the score similar. I think I picked it 38-17. But t- as the cameras panned on the sidelines... And in the stands, those salty tears, to me, they look glorious. They look great. <laughs> you, 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 just, you just can't. I mean, those looks in the, in, in, on those faces, to me, said it all. Great you call, know, it said call. It all
1: oh, Good to hear from you, buddy.
4: Oh, okay, Gary. Roll time,
1: buddy. Thank you. All right, we're going to get to Jim in this segment because he's been holding for a long time. And then uh, Keith in Illinois, will get to you in the next segment. Good morning, Jim.
9: Hey, this uh, this update, you know, we had a discussion about whether Alabama wins out, they get in or not. Right. A while back. Okay, here's what I'm... I think it's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jim, doing. good to have you back. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Because, yeah, listen, yeah.
1: as I said that day, uh, I, I gave you my opinion. I still believe that. But obviously, uh, you know, there is a scenario floating out there that Alabama could win and not get in. So go ahead and. and yeah, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I think the
9: door's been cracked a little bit further open with Florida State's quarterback being out. But here's right. what you need to look for. It would
1: right? be, it what be what busted wide open if the Gators could finish. If, if the Gators oh, oh, could, oh,
9: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but but Billy Napier, you I'm said. telling you,
1: Billy Napier can't get out of his own way. But go ahead, Jim.
9: Okay, here's what. What the uh, the committee's thinking as far okay. as Alabama is what to look for Tuesday night.
1: Okay,
9: it would be great. The big biggest argument Alabama would have is beat you know beat Georgia's number one ranked team. Like right? if they put Michigan number one Tuesday night because they beat Ohio State, that is going to send the signal like they're not. Thrilled to try to get Alabama. Yeah, that, would to right. yeah. that would hurt.
1: You're right. That would hurt. If Michigan is ahead of Georgia, I agree. That would hurt. Georgia needs to be number one. Yeah. I'm with you 100% there.
9: No, it's the other signal that would be a very positive signal. Oregon had the most impressive win against the 10 or 2 um, rival Oregon State. Okay. If they bump Oregon ahead of Florida State this week, the number four, that would be a very good sign because Huge. now if mm-hmm. Alabama, now, for, now, now Alabama. Florida State wouldn't necessarily have to lose if Alabama beat Georgia. They it would you couldn't say like well how did they bump Florida State out? But Florida State would already been out of top four. So that that's the two things you want to watch. Do Mm -hmm. they bump Oregon ahead of Florida State Tuesday night? Do they bump Michigan ahead of Georgia? Um, I I think it's a bad sign. You know, I mean, if they put Michigan in front of Georgia. We know Georgia's going to go back number one if they beat Bama, but that's not going to help Bama. No, I'm with you. Georgia Georgia needs to be... So they put... Yeah. What they're they're trying to do is premeditate, like, okay, an argument why they couldn't, why Alabama didn't get in because they didn't beat the number one team, they beat the number two team. Yeah.
1: No, listen, as I told you, when you called in the first time, I might have to eat some crow uh, next Monday. If Alabama wins that game and doesn't get in, I'll just have to say I was flat out wrong. I, I still, again... You make great points. You're looking at it very analytically, and I certainly see exactly what you're saying. I still am going to contend in my mind that there's no way in the world if Alabama beats Georgia, which has won 29 in a row, has won back-to-back national championships, hasn't lost since Alabama beat them in the SEC championship game two years ago, and goes nine and zero in this league. I-, I just I don't know what has to happen, but I can't. I still can't see. The college, I, I think that would be a disaster in the final year. Of the yeah, and I wave. think,
9: and I, I think it's more of chance. What you're saying now, down the Florida State's quarterbacks out. Yeah, but now here's one more thing. Yeah, don't be upset because I'm, I'm convinced. I've bet my mortgage on this. Don't that. Come Tuesday night, Ohio State's still going to be ahead of Alabama. Yeah, they're going to be. That, they're going yes, to be, unfortunately. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I yes, agree yes. with you there. Uh, but, yeah. So, But I, now they're going to jump them if they beat yeah, Georgia. I, I, you so, know, so, I, yeah.
1: listen, Alan, the bottom line is Alabama has gotten no help from anybody. No, uh, now, listen, right. they, they're, they're fortunate to win Saturday themselves. But it would. Whoops. I also was hoping to see Brigham Young beat Oklahoma State. You know why? Because I think Oklahoma could yeah. beat Texas again. I don't think yeah, Oklahoma yeah. State's got a prayer. I thought yeah, Florida, well, was, everything was laid out for Florida to win that game. They were dominating the first half. And then Billy Napier, who can't help himself, runs some double reverse pass leaf flicker or whatever it was. And when they were up 12 to nothing, and then Florida State, you know, was able to go ninety yards and score right before the half. Uh, you know there were opportunities for you know other upsets, and it hasn't happened. So uh, this is a weird year. You know uh, the weird thing yeah, about it, Jim, well, uh, is the, this is the first yeah. year since we had the four time team playoff that we've had this many top teams
9: in contention. You know, two years
0: ago hey, nobody's
9: moving. Hey, nobody's in the top eight. It's the same top 18 team. I It came out of it in it Alabama's going be. And Alabama's yeah. going to be eight
1: again, and it hurts my soul but, <laughs> to, to watch okay, what now, they've listen. navigated through to get to this point. To know that tomorrow night they're going to still be sitting at number eight on that board. It's it's yeah. yeah. yeah.
8: Now,
9: listen yeah. Now of course they're going to jump the, the loser of Oregon Washington. Okay. So if they beat Georgia, if Texas, Michigan, or Florida State loses, they're in for sure. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Okay. They still could get in if Florida State wins because you know, but. Uh, and it, one more thing here's the it's about the most surprising play in that game for me is when Alabama had a fourth and one on the 10 yard line that late is the amount of time they whether it was trying to draw them off sides or calling audibles whatever the luck we've had bad luck with somebody jumping on the offensive line I I've, 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 I thought that was going to happen I thought it was going to happen you know so, um,
1: you're right because that was actually a big play because if you don't get that first down, then you don't even get a chance for uh, for, oh, for, yeah. for fourth and go. Oh yeah, so you're right. yeah. yeah. And if they jump yeah. there, then all of a sudden it's fourth and six. Hey man, listen, it was one of those games that that uh, as I said, I, I felt like I still feel like Alabama's such a better team than Auburn that it should have never come down to that. But once it gets to that point, Auburn should have won the game. I mean, you, again, you should never give up a fourth and goal from thirty one. I don't care.
9: That, that, uh, well, that
1: so. was, hey, just, just to rush two people, that cost them. Yeah, so, but, no, I'm, I'm interestingly, <clears throat> you know, I, I, let me say this too, Jim, and I have not, this is a point I have not made. If Alabama beats Georgia and wins the SEC championship, goes 9-0 and in the league, goes 12-1, and if they don't get in the playoff, I'll be sick, but it still won't diminish what this team has accomplished. So, um, if that's what happens, then you just have to live with it. You know, Alabama's gotten in a couple times when they didn't even play in the SEC championship game. So if it were to happen that way, uh, it would not diminish what this team's accomplished. It would just be that, that who would have ever thought? I never, if you'd have told me Alabama would lose to Texas in the second week. A really good, and then have this scenario play out. I would have, I would have never guessed that. I would said, and "There's no way if Alabama oh, yeah. winds up going 11 and one, they'll be playing for an automatic spot in the college football playoff." And that's not the case. So,
9: oh, yeah, we'll that South happens. Florida, yeah, that South Florida game. I mean, it, you, I thought was going to probably have four losses by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, but, thank
1: you, Jim. All
9: right. All right, man. Bye-bye.
1: All right, appreciate it. we got to get to the break. Listen, Keith in Illinois, sorry to keep you holding, but the uh, calls have been coming in on the First and Main Condominiums hotline. Of course, First and Main, Main Condominiums, luxury condominiums in beautiful, historic downtown Northport, Alabama. I put out a little video last uh, yesterday morning from my balcony. Rainy Sunday morning, and uh, it was absolutely gorgeous sitting there watching it rain next to that uh, 125-year-old train trestle, one of the oldest in the country. It's absolutely great luxury living at a beautiful location. Apply now. Go to firstinmaincondos.com. And if you tell them you heard about it on the Gary Harris Show, they're going to give you your first month rent free, three bedroom, three and a half bath, washer and dryer provided, 10 foot ceilings, ceiling fans in every bedroom, Google thermostat, I mean, it's unbelievable. See these for yourself. FirstDemandCondos.com. All right, we'll be back with more phone calls, and then we've got Casey Smith on golf coming up at the bottom of the hour. Stay with us.
0: Tide 100.9 in local Vancouver. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today, but cold and breezy at
6: times. The high 49, a freeze tonight. The sky clear, the low 29. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow, 51. Wednesday's high at 57. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3320 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: For more from Tide 100.9, let's it fly! on Twitter, Facebook,
1: and SoundCloud. about on the First Main Condos hotline and talk with Keith up in Illinois. Good morning, Keith. Did we lose Keith? Yeah, Hello, Keith, Gary. Good how are you doing oh, today? There he, is, there he is. There he is. Hey, Keith. Good morning. Keith, you with me?
5: Yes, sir. I okay. can hear you. Can yeah. you hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead outstanding long time listener first time caller I'm up up, up here in Illinois front now but I want to give a little perspective to allow about the sure. fans I, I grew up in Auburn. I grew up there in the 70s and the 80s and I graduated from Alabama afterwards I, I got out when it was when it was easy to do so but one of the biggest things that I wanted to point out to people is like a lot of people like get really irritated with the Auburn fans and them talking about the officials and things people have to realize like especially growing up there Auburn football—it's like it's like a closed cult kind of way, and I'm not saying it as 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 so much of a bad thing because if you're inside of it, like it is like an Auburn family thing. Sure. They really, really believe in it. Like it's an important thing to them. My father taught at Auburn for thirty something years, and uh, retired from there. And uh, I've I've always caught hell because of this game. And I've been to so many Iron Bowls where I've seen us lose heartbreaking losses. And I'll be honest with you. No matter what you say or do, they're never going to admit that they lost. It's always going to be some reason. I had 21 voicemails a minute to go left in the game from <laughs> Auburn people calling me, giving me crap. Do you think anybody answered me when I called them back?
1: And that's the worst. <laughs> don't don't jump the gun and then not be willing to take your, your your medicine with that. Yeah. Boy. Well,
5: my favorite was my sister was at Tumors Corner rolling the trees when she found out. There's no room.
8: The oh, they they, they had already kind
1: of gotten started with the with the uh, like the NCAA basketball tournament game that time. They were already starting to roll the trees. Yes, yeah, sir. Oh, I, I was getting all Lord.
5: kinds of pictures of my sister. Yeah, we rolling the trees. Y'all got put down again. These last two trips to Auburn have hurt them so deeply. Y'all just don't understand. I will probably not hear from my relatives till the New Year. The so, uh, two years ago, when Bryce won, mm-hmm. I did not hear from my sister, my brother-in-law. My father, I didn't hear from anybody, and so after the new year, like they just did not want to talk about it. they They didn't even want to interact, and it's kind of the way it is sometimes.
2: Well, I think so... about
5: it going all the way back. They oh. always have bumper stickers and yeah. shirts, like they hold on to this when they went what their their whole existence is built around beating bama like three sixty five. And like you mentioned earlier, and a gentleman called in a little while ago, you know, we as Alabama fans, we're looking and in, alums in of, you know, we, we're looking for the bigger picture. That's we're right. looking for championships and everything else. They can be seven and four and be completely happy by beating us. Now, yeah, they want championships too. Don't, I'm not saying that they don't. Right. They want to win, but they're, they're a little bit delusional when it comes to those things. And, and when you play down there, they play over their heads. And you've been there, Gary. I personally, I've been to many, many stadiums throughout the country and I've been to soccer matches in Europe and Latin America. I've never heard a louder state in the Auburn during Iron Bowl. I was there at '89 when the first Auburn Bowl. That was the loudest game I've ever been to in my life, and that includes being at Alabama LSU games in Baton Rouge and even in Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's 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 a, it's another level of the atmosphere there, and they feed off of that. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is like what you mentioned earlier when they call that penalty and uh, call back that touchdown would have made it 14 to nothing. I tell people all the time with Auburn when you play them, they're front runners. If you leave them in the game, they'll play great. But if you punch them in the face early and you put them away early, they'll fall apart. And then historically, they've been that way a lot of times. And that's why when we're in Tuscaloosa, we run them. Mm-hmm. And then when we're, when we're in Auburn, they give us a hard time. So, you know, that, maybe that gives a little more of an introspective to some people. Like, I don't get frustrated with them at all because I grew up around them. Right. Really they the, And then when it, it'll start getting worked up in June and July and August again, I'm like, yeah, we're going to get you there. And then they'll disappear. And, and
1: and that's just the way it is. <laughs> well, Keith, I'm so glad you called, man, because you you lived it and you hit on exactly the points that I was making about how it is a little bit different. And and as you said, oh, yeah. it's, it's we made it as a compliment, but it is it is a little bit cultish. I mean, they they yeah. they're all in now uh, with their with. Their, oh, they are. I'm not going to say hate, but with their disgust uh, and and to some degree, I think envy for what the University of Alabama is creating in this football program. And you do, you're right. I've been to games there too, and 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 you and Eighty-nine, like you were. I was there in eighty-nine too, on the sideline. And yeah. you feel it; you can feel it permeate throughout that stadium, and it's powerful. And uh, when yeah, you it, win,
5: it, and that, yeah, when you Absolutely. when you're that Alabama, energy. you
1: go in there and win. It, it's 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 a sweet win. Yeah, but that's an incredible oh. insight, man. I'm so glad you called.
5: Yeah. Now I will say this uh, going forward, and just real quick, because I know you probably have to go to the next person. But as we move forward, looking at seeing what's going to happen next week with Georgia and whatever may happen afterwards, the one thing about this team. And me personally, I've been following Alabama since the seventies. This may be my favorite team because this team has grown so much and I've come to admire how hard that they they come back when they have problems. We are battle tested. No one can say that about Alabama that we're not. And coming into this game with Georgia, whoever we we may play in the future, how many other teams in the country have gone through the adversity we've gone through this year and the growth that we've gone through this year? There's a reason Saban really, Coach Saban really, really likes his team. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next week. We can only control, we can control. Let's go beat Georgia. If we can beat them, and even if we can beat them 10, 14 points, I think it'll make a, a big impression on a lot of people around the country. So
1: we'll see what happens. Awesome, Appreciate Keith. your time, Gary. Hey, don't, don't be a stranger
5: now. Call back again, okay? Uh, um I work at home now. I will be calling much more often, I promise. Awesome. All Bye, right, my friend. Y'all take care.
1: Great phone call from Keith in Illinois. I grew up in Auburn. Dad, uh... uh Taught at Auburn for years, sees the rivalry from both sides. All right, it's ten 33 We're behind, but that's okay. We'll get to the break, and we'll come back with Casey Smith on golf and football taught with Casey as well. He lives in Atlanta, Alabama. To deal with those dogs, we'll get his perspective on the SEC championship game as well. That's coming up next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. 2011, Billy's Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's, good food, good friends, and good time.
0: Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: 1037, welcome back again to the Gary Harris show and uh, Casey Smith on golf. It's a good thing he can talk football too, because we're going to do that as well. And especially <laughs> with the, the Atlanta perspective on the SEC championship game. And I, I'll be honest with you, Casey, I'm so, I'm in such full go football mode right now. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there for you just to catch me up because I'll be, you know, I usually stay on top of it, but this past weekend I have not. Done any golf research other than to check Justin Thomas's Twitter <laughs> to see what he had to say about the Iron Bowl? So, kind of catch us up on what's going on in the world of uh, professional golf.
7: Yeah, so uh, we have had Minwoo Lee, who's actually uh, won. He's from New Zealand, but he um, he won the Australian PGA over the weekend. He plays on the U.S. tour. He's a great up-and-coming player, brilliant guy. His sister Minji Lee is on the LPGA tour um so that happened and that took place nick dunlap has been now that the fall season's over the rankings came out he's the number one ranked college player in golf
1: now that's big Uh, and and unexpected, but still that is sweet to see
7: yeah they did a little bit different um uh, in terms of the rankings and how that they let get caught up and get through the season so that's really good to see uh and then this week is a big you know not a bunch of um, it, there's not a lot of players in this, but it kicks off Thursday, and, and the headliner is why the Hero World Challenge hosted by Tiger Woods, that's played every year at the Albany Club in the Bahamas. A little bit of some of the live points to this, this this event gets world ranking points and always has, and um, and they invite the top 25 players and then some. But there's 20 20 players in the field. Um, Tiger Woods and, and he actually gave an exemption to Justin thomas because he wasn't high enough rank but uh you got all the your yeah you, you know minus john Rahm, it's pretty much everyone else and rory he, he's played in the past he's, he's taken some time uh but scotty shepherd victor hovland max homa all of the all your regular characters speech that's patrick i mean you name it they're all in the field uh but tiger woods we're gonna get to see him play golf again um you know his caddy is with patrick kentley now so there's really A little bit of a no one knows who his caddy's going to be. His work, he's walking better. Um, He's uh, most people say that he's that I know that have played around him said he is banging balls, which he hasn't had the ability to do in the past, right? He's just been got to go out there and try to get ready the week of, and then what that's done is shocked his body and he's gotten hurt really a lot by practicing the week before. Where now he's being, he's able to load manage this whole hmm. thing. I, I'm excited about that. He's obviously the needle still in golf. Uh, I think he's so, such a determined guy that he is going to win again. I really do believe that. And he then really, uh,
1: do. hang on now. That that's a bold statement.
7: I really believe what he's, he's been, been through
1: it. and the fact that he is. Uh, what is he now? Forty seven, forty eight years old. Um, I think he turns forty eight this month. In fact. You you do he believe he'll win a, a, a PGA Tour event again in his career?
7: I believe he will because I believe he's going to get to play more now if he can practice more. And I, I believe that it's not just the – like, he's figured it out. He's changed his swing a, a bunch of different times. Uh, his ball speed is up. It, it would be different if he was out there just not hitting it far, mm-hmm. but he's hitting it as far or further than – I mean, He's hitting it further than the PGA Tour average.
8: Wow.
7: Um, And I think we're going to get to see. I think this is just a warm up. He gets out there at a friendly place. I don't expect him. If he beats anyone, they should all be scared. Uh, If he finishes in it, you know, just let's watch and talk to see where he finishes Mm -hmm. uh, in this 20 player field because it is the best of the best, but it's a no pressure event. And then he plays again with his son who just won a state high school championship, something he had never done. As a ninth grader, uh, his son Charlie did, they're playing together in the P and C um, and the Thomas will be there. that's like December 16th and 17th. That's where people are going to get to see, even though it's silly, they just show club head speeds. So watch and see what his club head speed is. If it's north of 115 and it's going to be probably 17, 18, 19, 100 miles per hour, uh, you're gonna see that, wow, well, he can do everything else. Now that he's had this surgery, it's just getting around the golf course, and he hasn't been able to practice prior to the surgery. Now he can practice, and that's why I think he's the greatest that's ever done it. Uh, his hands are still his hands. It's just getting him around the course. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's exciting for him, and I think there's another chapter of his career. As he said, I, I'm going to play, and if I if I'm healthy, I'm going to play a champion in the Champions Tour. Because I, I love to compete, and I, I then I'll you know it's legal to have a cart, so um, I just think I just think he's the best that's that's done it. Um, and, you know, it, it, his periods of greatness are just insane. So that's why I think he will win another event at some point again. Uh, it'll be incredible. I mean, Phil Mickelson won the won the a major at fifty one, right? So it's just being healthy for him, yeah. and then and then you you know the live schedule came out. They're actually kicking off their season. In February, they're playing in Vegas the week of the Super Bowl uh, in 2024. Uh, they're actually added Nashville, who doesn't have a tour event. Uh, and then, you know, the last couple things, the first live player has actually decided to go, that we've seen to go back to the PGA Tour or DP World Tour, Burton Weisberger okay. has decided to go back to the DP World Tour, and they reinstated him. And so he didn't have to go back through Q school. He's a multi you know, multiple time winner. They reinstated him. He paid his fine. They say he paid his you know, did a suspension. So it was interesting to see how it's pretty seamless uh for him to get back over there. He he wanted to play more of a, a European tour schedule based on where he lived. Uh and and he didn't he didn't really enjoy playing US events or worldwide events. He liked more of that continental Europe, and desert. So that was his reasoning for that. And then the, the final thing is, you know, the the, the live has this promotion event coming up that we've talked about before, 48 players with three spots, and Nick Dunlap's been invited to that. Mm. And um, it will be interesting to keep an eye on to see if he goes to that. I don't think we would get any announcement. I think it would just be an under-the-radar go. Um, and, and, and he doesn't have to turn pro if he if he goes um there's there's you know it's not accepting money so you can go play in it and actually see what it would be and he wouldn't be he's not a pga tour member so he wouldn't be giving up any pga tour benefits or fines there's really it's sort of like that eugenio shikara that came from oklahoma state it's on live that went directly to live there's a loophole for those guys from college it'll be interesting to see that's just something to keep an eye on um but that's really like the golf update the hero this week is a really big deal and um, be really good to watch.
1: One noteworthy. Part of if Tiger wins again, and addition to just winning again, and, and you mentioned, of course, Mickelson, you know, Watson should have won the Open Championship at fifty nine. <laughs> he had that, right. you know, had to do his par eighteen. He got a bad break on that approach shot when it went over the back of the green, and he wound up losing to uh, Stuart Sink in the playoff. So, it, yeah, but Tiger's Tiger's health issues and, and the physical uh, impact is why
7: it's I was, really just walking it around. And then yeah. you know, where you would see him if he gets to playing good, you are going to see him adjust the schedule to where you know he's gonna obviously wants to win the win majors and then your open championship courses but obviously they're flatter i mean there's little subtleties, but i mean getting over there's a little colder and that that's not great on the the obviously a repaired yeah. body but uh, him being able, from what I'm told, like the guys down there, he's taking their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot okay, of you know, he's ready.
1: You know, What I was going to say, Casey, if he does win again, uh, it would set him a- apart from Snap Steed. He he and sneeder are t- currently tied for most ever PGA Tour wins at 82. Uh, and, and he's I'm- never
7: going to. In the in the in the majors, probably because of no, know, he's not going to catch but but.
1: Nicholas in the majors, but he would have eighty three poor tour wins, which would put him one ahead of Snead, of course nine ahead or ten ahead of Nicholas. I, here's an interesting trivia question I'm going to ask you real quick because I pulled it up here. Players that have won fifty or more PGA tournament titles is a very small group, obviously. Uh, Snead, Woods, Nicholas, Hogan, Palmer, Nelson, and there's one other. It's not Hagen. Not Mickelson, they both got forty five, Watson's got thirty saracen Sarason's got thirty-eight. But I bet Gary you Jerry Player. No. I I I because Player's got all the worldwide wins, but he the other player that has over fifty, I was gonna see if you could if you could answer it.
7: Um VJ Singh.
1: No. This guy, I, oh. I bet you don't get I I bet very few people would get it. It's
7: it's mm-hmm. Billy it's Billy Casper. Oh, Billy Casper. Fifty one yeah, wins. Yeah.
1: Now three majors, uh, but 51, 51 tour, tournament wins. And I I wouldn't and have guessed it, him if I hadn't have looked it up. Never he's, hit it right <laughs> and,
7: and uh and cuts his putter. He has his strokes, stroke, so that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, but he he's the other guy with more than fifty. All right, um that's a great you caught us up on golf. I gotta talk a little football with you real quick. First, take away from the iron bowl.
7: Oh, I mean incredible. Uh, finish. I, it's one of the wildest things I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I thought the officiating crew was absolutely horrible, and I think you got to give it to Hugh Freeze. Uh, on he scrapped the game plan to you know two two uh, you know series in. He uh, scraps the game plan. We're probably you're not you know you're you're going off of what you've seen, and he goes a lot of wing T type formations. Got us blocked really well. I mean, it's hard to adjust on the fly on that. There's a lot of what they call eye candy to the linebackers. So, um, you know, that's a that's just a hard thing to adjust on the fly. I think they probably caught us off guard because they did just scrap their game plan, but they had nothing to lose. And I think as the game went on, you know, uh, Jalen Milrow, Milrow, for as bad as, as that snap was, which I think that should have been a penalty on Auburn, um, you know, just to have the resiliency, to not panic. A lot of first-year starters would have really panicked. And uh, I think it's anything can happen down there. We've seen that. We've had two good wins down there in a row. It usually would go their way. Uh, but beating Auburn, just beating Auburn, it sets us up for this play-in game over here. I don't think there's any question that this is a play-in game. You can run all the scenarios you want. Alabama beats Georgia. Uh, there's eyeballs and, uh, you know, ratings that matter and i just don't think that if we win we're in if they win they're in and the tall pass but i actually think we match up better against georgia uh we, they're not going to go run to the wing t right they don't have a mobile quarterback and i've got three really close friends who are former players close with kirby and mid-season i've heard from them directly that he um Former UGA players, they 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 feel like that you know this team has as much leadership as they've ever had, but the talent is lacking compared to the last two teams. Well, that's a good thing for us as well. Um, I I mean, Jalen Milrow goes and has a game like he had against LSU. We can beat anyone. So it's uh, you know the Auburn game and the Georgia game. Those are really my takes. I I promise my son and his buddy. Right before the snap at 4th and 31, if we won the game, I'd jump in the pool, and it's freezing cold. So I honored my commitment and uh, would do it again.
1: Great stuff, Casey. Man, and uh, are you – of course, I'll be over for the game on Saturday. Are you uh, You going to the game?
7: I am. Going with a buddy of yours, Spencer Birchfield. Oh. So, and, and Luke Duck. They're
1: yeah, coming man. to
7: stay here. Oh, boy. That's gonna gonna going on. to be – and. Uh, yeah, if you're you're around. Let me know. Love love to get up with you. But I tell you, one other thing is that Jason Autry and his crew of officials. That, you know, prior to the game, it's the one thing that you should never do. The officials should not be really even a part of the game. And I look every Saturday now to see where they're calling, and that's really sad. There's yeah. too much on the line. There's too much. I mean, there's so many people out there that are more qualified. They, they, every game, regardless of who the team is, it was Auburn and Arkansas a few years ago, Texas AM, yeah. Tennessee and Alabama last year. Controversy follows them, and they miss simple stuff. They call petty stuff. I mean, that, that Fromm kid, Jake Fromm's brother, who was, you know, standing all over our punter, hitting him late, none of that's called. It's just, just those guys. I don't see how the SEC can continue to put them out there, especially in games that are meaningful.
1: Well, hopefully they won't be in Atlanta. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Gary. All right, 10.50, and uh, we'll take a break. We're going to come back, and I am going to hit on those topics with uh, Mississippi State and A&M hiring their football coaches, and we're going to uh, know it's got some app messages that we've gotten this morning as well. So we'll come back and, and wrap it up in just a moment. I do want to mention to you the YMCA, I've been talking about all that brand-new cardio equipment. It is in. It was installed last Monday. Get to the Y. I can't wait to check it out because I haven't been in uh, in in um, since they've gotten it. As, Install, but brand new cardio equipment, individual TV screens, on-demand fitness programming, streaming and Bluetooth capability. That's at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street, downtown. All right, we'll come back and wrap it up after this. It's back to Captain Ray and Randy College Football Forecast. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and Fitting Specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA-certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201.
6: Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today but cold and breezy at times. The high 49. A freeze tonight. The sky clear. The low 29. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow 51. Wednesday's high at 57. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Eli Gold. Chris Stewart and Roger Hoover live right here. Tide 100.9. Nine is a proud partner of the Crimson Tide Sports
1: Network. As promised, it's been a jam-packed show. Uh, Elko going to Texas A&M as a head football coach. They were going to hire Mark Stoops, and they had a revolt from the fan base once it got out. And also Jeff Levy going to Mississippi State. I think that's a good fit there. In Starkville, the uh, Carolina Panthers have fired head coach uh, Frank Reich, and we got some app messages. Noah,
2: yeah, a couple quick ones. Mailman Jerry says, "Happy Monday, Roll Tide." Uh, we got the kid saying, Gary, hope your mom's doing all right. Um, And then we have a longer one from Chris here in Tuscaloosa. He says, hey, Noah and Gary, we we might be better off if Washington beats Oregon and Florida State loses. And then, of course, we beat Georgia.
1: Oh, yeah. First thing you got to do is beat Georgia. And uh, if you do that, listen, if you somehow you get left out, you know what? It'd still be a great year. Be SEC champions at twelve and one, and that would be pretty phenomenal. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the show. We told you we were jam packed today. We've had a great, uh, great phone uh, uh, callers and uh, tremendous content today and it's been a lot of fun a reminder that you can catch me on tv tonight with your local sports on wvua 23 and then tomorrow morning back here for the tuesday edition this hour of the show has been brought to you by patterson Comer attorneys at law all right for noah i'm gary thanks for listening everybody a reminder download that app tie 109 app people are listening to us all over the world man on the app and on the uh, tie 109.com website so have a great day it's it, great weather this morning it was cold this morning it was cold it was genuinely cold i didn't even talk about it it's warming up nicely outside though it's a beautiful day make the most of it all right i'll talk to you again tomorrow miller's edge with kristen miller and Corey miller coming up next have a great day everybody
0: thank you for listening to the gary harris show on your home for alabama sports tide 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 app
8: the birmingham